Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast, this time not a review, uh, one of those reaction podcasts. I, I was told I have to do these. We're going to talk about the PlayStation 5 launch. Okay, save the fanboy stuff for someone who cares. <laughs> I've been playing video games as long as there have been video games. And I'm not saying I'm old, but I remember Pong, Battlezone, Missile Command, Pac-Man, uh, Atari 2600. Before it was called the 2600, it was just the Atari at first or in television or, you know, you name it. I've owned PlayStations, I've owned Xboxes, I've owned N Nintendo 64s and GameCubes, uh, Sega Dreamcasts. I love video games. I am primarily a PC gamer, and I did have a Mac for many years, and I got into some Mac gaming, but that's kind of limited, actually. Um, but I still... The, the, the podcasts are recorded on a computer that is also co available to play games on. And I'm not tricked out to the latest, but it, it runs pretty much most games moderately well. I got consoles back in the day um, because I was always a computer gamer, but consoles, at least when they first came out, when you got a cartridge and later a disc, there were no patches, there were no updates. You got the game, you played the game. And games were a lot harder back then. You didn't finish them. You had to be more careful about buying them because if it wasn't something you liked and you got stuck, you were stuck. And then they eventually started putting out help manuals and things like that. But this is not a history of video games. I'm just trying to explain that I am not just a Sony PlayStation fan. I, I'm not a fan boy. Um, recent years, I've owned them all. Uh, through my radio career, I guess I was making enough money or had enough disposable income. I usually had two or three consoles hooked up to the TV at all times. Um, like I said, I had an N64, a GameCube. I still own my Sega Dreamcast. I still have a GameCube. Um, they're in storage and not in use right now, but I have them and I have games for them and they function. I got the PlayStation 1 when it first came out. PlayStation 2 was a great DVD player at the time, so I used it. That's when Sony became the centerpiece of my home theater system. Um, when DVDs first came out, I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, I put one of the first computer DVD drives in my computer and hooked it up to my 27-inch television at the time. Yeah, the square CRT-type televisions. And I watched so many movies on that, I burned the drive out. So later, when you could get a PlayStation 2 with a professional DVD player in it, you know, that was, that was miraculous. Um, but I also had an Xbox and I love games like Crimson Sky and Halo. I, I, you know, those were, I had the different consoles because of all the different exclusives. And it's funny that over the years we're getting less and less exclusives that I care about. It's not that, that Xbox nor PlayStation have had great exclusives. They have, but like Xbox seems to concentrate on, on a few things like Halo games, uh, Gears games, which are both great. Um, Forza, which I'm just not a racing guy. Um, there's been a few racing games over the years that I'll play. I still play Burnout Paradise a lot, but I'm not a racing guy game type guy. I'm not a, really a sports guy gamer either. Um, but I always had multiple consoles so I could play all the exclusives. And Xbox 360 and PS3 were the last ones that I had to have everything of. Um, there were still enough exclusive to the PlayStation. The uh, Xbox 360 was a great machine. Uh, it was comparable to a PC at the time. 
Uh, PlayStation 3 was my first Blu-ray player. Absolutely loved it. Matter of fact, I did not have an outboard Blu-ray player for years because the PlayStation was such a great Blu-ray player. And that, again, PlayStation became the centerpiece because I watched movies through it and I started doing all the streaming apps. When streaming came around, Netflix was on there and Amazon was, you know, you could stream through the PlayStation and that was an amazing thing we take for granted now. So when the PlayStation 4 came out, I I pre-ordered one and, and got the very one of the very first ones off the line and I was one of the ones that got a dead one and it took him a few days to get me another one but I had that thing up until recently I mean it lasted and it not only was it the centerpiece of the home theater system but I had some great gaming experiences on it but I streamed Netflix and Amazon and Vudu and Movies Anywhere and all that stuff through the machine I just I had those apps on my televisions but the PlayStation just could always be on and just always do all that stuff and I could switch from games to watching things and that just became the thing and I used my Xbox 360 less and less and less and less and less so when it came time for the the last Xbox One and the later versions of it, I just I wasn't interested. There wasn't anything exclusive that I had to play. I was already deep into the uh, PlayStation ecosystem. Remember, also in the beginning, you didn't have to pay to be multiplayer on PlayStation. And although that never appealed to me, I was I'm not a multiplayer type dude anymore, like I was when I was younger. Um, so it didn't matter. But you had to have an Xbox Gold subscription to play multiplayer, and you didn't have to have a PlayStation Plus account. You do now, and I, it makes sense. They got to pay for those servers somehow, and I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. Just at the time, you didn't have to, and that was a huge plus. So I became a Sony guy just because I like the ecosystem. I don't think uh, Xbox has treated the gamers very well over the years. More, more recently, they've either worried about the hardware, they've worried about microtransactions, or they've worried about other things, and they, they just haven't given, you know, they create really powerful hardware, but then they don't do a whole lot, you know. Xbox, for years, was the multiplayer platform. It killed PlayStation every time, and deservedly so. It was a great online multiplayer experience. I'm not taking anything away from the Xbox and everything it's achieved. But these days, I just have a PlayStation just because it's easier. I just prefer the PlayStation exclusives that I like, um, whether it be Uncharted or uh, Horizon or I don't, there's God of War, you name it. There's quite a few Sony titles of their exclusives that I actually do follow each version, and I like them, and they, they've improved and gotten better. Um, so I was very excited um, to hear about the PlayStation 5 would have a 4K player in it because I think that's where Sony dropped the ball. I think Sony could have done more damage to the Xbox in this last generation if either the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 4 Pro had a 4K player in it. And what really didn't make sense to me at the time, and still doesn't, is that Sony helped invent Blu-ray. And they helped invent 4K Blu-ray. They have an investment in releasing Sony movies on Sony 4K ultra-high-definition discs, and they don't put a high-definition disc player in their machines when the Pro came out, it was going to cost more. It's a, a fatter, you know, a more beefy machine computing-wise. They could have just upgraded the drive. It wouldn't have costed that much more, and it, the machine costs more anyway. So with the new PlayStation 5s announced this afternoon, uh, there's the digital version, which is $399, and there is the disc version, which is $499. For that extra $100, you're getting a 4K high-definition Blu-ray player and all the gobbledygook that goes with it to make that thing work great. 
The box is a little bit different, but as far as processing power and everything, you're getting the same thing. Now, there's a lot of fanboys out there beating up that the Xbox is a more powerful machine. It is. And that the PlayStation has more bandwidth with their new system uh, hard drive setup, which is also true. Both systems will take probably up to a year before we start seeing the games that truly take advantage of their next generation capabilities. We've seen that with the last few generations. That the games that come out of the block will look a little bit better than than the last generation, but a year from now, they'll look freaking amazing. Both consoles have new ray tracing technology, and if you haven't looked that up, go Google that. It's a new graphics technology that just makes everything look more realistic. New shading, new... Both machines are quite powerful, and the Xbox is a more powerful machine, but it's all about how developers take advantage of that. And what they're finding with the PlayStation is because they have more bandwidth, they can load more data at once. That means in an open world game, when you walk out of the cave and there's that land before you, it's not taking forever to load that level. It's boom, it's there. That The bandwidth and speed on the PlayStation hard drive and its throughput through the system is incredible. And for them to have optimized that, first of all, it saved them a bit of money of not having to go super high-end on some of the other technology inside. And it's, it's going to allow the PlayStation to compete with the more powerful machine because it's got that under its hood. And most people are going to go, yeah, but this has more teraflops. Okay, great. But moving data is, is part of what makes machines faster now. With the advent of SSD drives, and I'm a computer guy who builds computers from scratch, you can't imagine the difference, if you haven't already done it, of going from a traditional old cylinder hard drive or putting an SSD in your computer. My computer that I use to record these on went from over a minute boot to seconds in just booting up Windows at the beginning. Literally seconds. It's, it's insane how much quicker an SSD drive is. And so you want to just compare specs. That's like comparing two cars with just horsepower. That's not everything. There's the suspension, there's the drivetrain, there's there's all sorts of other things that play into making a car fast, making a game console fast. So I'm not going to get into it. If you're an Xbox fan, buy an Xbox. And there's no reason to bash. To be perfectly honest, if I was younger, I would have a Switch. (laughs) I love what Nintendo does with games. I love what they do with their ecosystem. I like all the things that they've done with the Switch and the portable stuff and the paper stuff and the the, the cardboard building thing. I I love what they do. It's not what I'm looking for out of a gaming system these days. But if I were younger or had kids, I'd be Nintendo all the way. It's reasonably priced. It does great. But it's a little behind the times as hardware. And and I'm one of those gamers who wants to see the latest in graphics and the latest in level design and technology. And and so you're getting a pretty beefy computer for about what it would cost you to build a pretty beefy computer, but you can get it in a PlayStation or an Xbox. And if you buy either one of those in November or December, you're going to be happy with either one of those. I'm just saying I'm a Sony guy. It's not, I'm not anti-Xbox. If, if there were a few games, I was just talking about this online this afternoon with a couple friends, if they brought back some of my favorite early Xbox titles like Crimson Skies, I would have to have an Xbox. I would, I would have to have an Xbox. But you're finding less exclusives now. Games just come out for all the systems. And so what you're going to find in reviews next year, they're going to be comparing whatever new Assassin's Creed, if it looks better or plays better on the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X. You know, it's going to be 
apples to oranges comparisons with the same game just running on two different kinds of hardware. Since Sony, uh, you know, over a generation ago went switched to uh, x86 architecture, a computer-based architecture, and didn't do things proprietary anymore. They do compete almost on an even scale with Xbox, which has always been basically PC components in there. And I think the Xbox or the PlayStation 5 is going to rock. I think the new Xbox is going to rock. If I were you and I wanted a PlayStation, I would get the digital version. If you don't care about discs... Then get save a hundred bucks and get the digital version. It's three ninety nine for a next gen console. That is reasonable. The the system parts cost that much more than that. They're taking a bit of a loss, but they'll make it back on the games. They said today that games will cost between forty nine and sixty nine dollars. Some people went, oh no, look, <laughs> video games have cost fifty nine ninety five for decades. They haven't changed. When video games first came to consoles, they were about fifty bucks. They were forty nine ninety five. Then when we got into next gen, they were $59.95, and they've been there for a long time. If there is an option, you know, that you could get a game for $49 or $59 or get the special edition for $69, what do we do now? They're selling special editions of games for $100 now with the season pass, and it comes in a steel book, and you get a, a pouch or a flag or something, and we're paying, and the ones with statues, $150, $200. So, you know, if you don't need the swag... What I've always thought about video games is the digital-only version should be a little less, 5 or $10 less, because they're not having to print the discs. They're not having to print the box and put those out and distribute them and put them in stores and mess with all that stuff. A digital file is just a digital file. Um, and they don't really do that. They charge the same for digitals. They do a hard copy. So I still buy hard copies most of the time. Sony and Xbox both, and so do my PC distributors, run sales all the time. And as a PlayStation Plus member, you get even bigger discounts on games. And so, yes, I do own a few digital games that I can download and play off my hard drive, and it's convenient, and I like that. And with video games, you're not suffering the same losses that you do with streaming a movie versus a movie on disc. There is no difference between the files you download, a digital version of a game, and a game coming off a hard drive or a disc. The video games used to stream off the disc. They would stream movies or they would stream data sometimes. They don't do that as much now. They pretty much load all you need onto the hard drive and then run it from there because the hard drives are so fast. And especially with this next generation, everything will be running off the hard drive anyway. When you buy a disc, it will be basically just loading the whole game onto the hard drive. Um, So digital is fine for video games. But if you plan to watch movies, if you have a Blu-ray or a 4K collection like I do, Well, it's one less box in the system. I bought a very cheap 4K player. It's a cheap Magnavox. I got for 50 bucks at Best Buy. It doesn't do much. It outputs HDMI 4K only. Uh, It it will handle just about any format. It does 3D. It does HDR. Um, And it's very simple. But it's not my favorite drive mechanism. It's kind of clunky. It's kind of (laughs) slow. And like today, when I was checking out the Hellraiser disc that I just did a review of, I took the disc out of my clunky 4K player and put it in my PlayStation 4 Pro, and it, it was a smooth experience. You know, it, it's just, you know, a, a more expensive machine. So that being said, I'm still leaning to get a digital version too, but I really do want a better 4K player, and I think the Sony PlayStation 5 will be a great 4K player because the Blu-ray player in the in the PlayStation 3 and 4 was great. It, it held up with, with some fairly expensive standalone Blu-ray players. Uh, 
And again, simplifying boxes under your TV usually makes the wife or missus happy, right? So Xbox 5 reaction, the prices are about where I thought they would be. I don't really like the white console. I White consoles, white anything tends to get fingerprints these days. But again, this is going to sit on a shelf probably under the TV and you won't see it. I'll put it horizontally, not vertically, um, which kind of kills some of the design aesthetic. <laughs> I don't know. I'll check with heat and noise once I get one. But when I posted on Facebook this afternoon, I said that there's no hurry. Um, in the past, there have been a few games I've looked at and I'm like, oh, wow, the, these launch titles. I've got to get this machine the day it comes out because there's like three or four games I really need to play. I didn't see one. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'd like to play the new Spider-Man, but it's coming out for the four, too. Um, a, a Dead Souls remake that I, I didn't have a, the greatest experience with the original and those are hard games they're, the feeling of accomplishment is like nothing else but they're really hard um, so there haven't been any launch titles at least so far that I've just said I've got to get my machine day one because that's the only way I can play those games yeah unfortunately Sony has made a little bit of noise that PlayStation 4 games that come out from like here on out, are going to have PlayStation 5 upgrades kind of built in. If you get a PlayStation 5 and put the 4 in there, you'll get kind of like you do with the Pro now. Uh, if you have a PlayStation 4 game and you pop it in, if they've created more content or greater, higher res content for the PlayStation 4 Pro, it will automatically, the game will automatically play that way. It'll either download the update or whatever, pull it off the disc. So it'll be interesting to see how Sony implements that. This console will have backwards compatibility. I don't know how that works with the digital version. <laughs> I guess if you already own the games in your library, you could play PlayStation 4 games on a PlayStation 5. But if they're on a disc, you would have to have a disc drive, I would think, unless it's got some way to know that you played that game. And I've always wondered why they didn't just look at your save games. Most of us have a Sony Plus account, and they it backs up your save games. So they could look at your save games and know what games you've played legally because they could look at the save games. They'd be legit, right? And so I think if you have save games, they should give you the next generation, you know, give you the old game on the new console. I think that would be great. And what I saw in a in a trailer today, uh, it looks like if you stay a PlayStation Plus member and you get a PlayStation 4, they're basically giving you every PlayStation Plus game they've given away for free over the last couple years. I mean, some major rager titles that I've picked up because I've been a member. Uh, not all of them I download, not all of them I plan to keep, but you know, if you have a PlayStation Plus account, you can download it and it goes into your account forever, you know. So you don't have to download it. You just have to accept it, you know, say that you've purchased it for no money. So it looks like on the PlayStation 5, you're going to get a complete PlayStation 4 library with your PlayStation Plus account, which I think is, is pretty amazing right there. And if they come with PlayStation 5 upgrades, even better, you know. Um, but I got to say, I was impressed with going from a PS4 Pro or from a PS4 to a PS4 Pro. The difference in certain games and the difference in the just the way the whole console feels has been worth it. I'm looking forward to the PS5. I just don't think I have to have it on launch day. I, I, I need an incentive to get a first one. If not, I'll wait for a special edition console later. Um, or I'll wait till there's a, a game that I definitely have to play on one or wait for a sale or something. I, I don't know that I'll have to have it launch day, but we're still a little bit early out. They're going to put them on pre-order as early as tomorrow, which would be today. I'm going to post this in the morning. Um, yeah, I, 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 
as my reaction, I'm really excited about it, but I don't have to have one opening day because I just don't, I, I don't know how many of those games I need to have. And I'm not going to buy 50, 60, $70 games right off. You know, I, I hate to sound semi curmudgeony, but show me, show me that it's worth it, Sony. I mean, I'm very excited about the console and where it's going to go and where games are going to be a year from now, but at launch, we'll see. Uh, right now I can wait. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so I would love to hear your thoughts. And like I said, keep the fanboy stuff to a minimum. If you really like Xbox, I'm cool with that. Really, I don't have a problem. It's not like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're <laughs> I won't even go political there. But it, 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 I don't hate the Xbox and I don't hate Nintendo. I like all video game systems. I think anything that gives me pleasure is a wonderful thing in 2020. And so I just happen to be a PlayStation guy and I will get a PlayStation 5 at some point. When it, when it seems like I just have to have one. I'm just not at that point yet. But maybe. Maybe soon. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thanks for indulging me for about 20-minute reaction podcast on the PlayStation 5. Uh, saw what it can do in some of the games today. We know it's going to cost $3.99 for the digital and $4.99 for the disc version. It'll be out in November. You going to get one? Let me know. Check out the links below. Check out the Patreon. Subscribe, share, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>